0: Welcome to this week's episode of Wow Ergonomics with Graham Cove. Nearly. Broadcast is live. Broadcast is live. Hello, everybody. It's midday. It's. I think it's Wednesday because uh, at the moment we've locked down. Everything feels the same virtually every day. But I believe <laughs> it's Wednesday. You kind of you kind of gauge it by how many packed lunches you've made in the morning. Yeah. And uh, you're listening to Wow Ergonomics if you're catching this back on the podcast it may not be wednesday but it is wednesday now while we're doing it and i've been joined today by stephen howe hi stephen hello graham i'm Uh, just thinking graham as you were saying that can you imagine
1: if we just totally lost track of the days and it was actually saturday and uh,
0: to be honest it was the weekend
1: and we should be doing something else rather than doing this
0: anything is possible at the moment anything is absolutely possible yeah Stephen, you haven't been on wow ergonomics before so would you like no. to just tell people who you are because yes that, that absolutely
1: be... um yes so uh Stephen how so i am the uk and ireland sales manager for back at Elkhausen. so you probably would have seen me on some of graham's other events so better way of life and the ergonomic online ergonomic event so yes i look after um all of our resellers and distributors of our fine products and solutions so um yeah, no, it's great to be here some, some of the great events you've done, Graham, and it's delighted delight to, to, uh, to be invited to this one and uh, and participate and uh, spend some time or spend a lunchtime hour talking through a whole range of topics, I guess.
0: Yeah, and we, we've discussed what we're going to talk about today, but I thought yes. I'd just throw a little bit of a curveball in right from the beginning. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> because I did a poll again this morning. As you know, I'm a bit famous for my polls yes and it's gone a bit ballistic okay um, was this to do with where
1: people are working in the house did i see yeah that one?
0: yeah absolutely so I, I thought i thought i'd sort of bring that up with you because that that was quite interesting really so let, let me just bring up the poll here at my end okay um which area of your house do you use the most and I, I mentioned in that that with the increase in working from home, many people yep. are, are spending an, an inordinate amount of time in their house. Uh, but yes. I was really interested in terms of where they were spending that time in their house. And, and I know, as I said in the post, that that depends on the design of the house and the layout and everything else. But I, I asked people to comment as well. And, you know, so far. We had 230 votes this morning. Wow! Uh, nearly three and a half thousand people have looked at that as a, as a post this morning, which is which is marvellous. Uh, and so far, it's quite evenly spread between bedroom, kitchen, dining room, lounge, uh, and other places. Well, where did where did you say in there? Other, other, other places. Now behind
1: you can see. No, hang on. That way, that way, that way, that way, you can see a bed. So that is, I I, work in the loft conversion, which is a bedroom stroke office. So it's a bit of a hybrid room. So I did put myself down as other Graham uh, for that as far as I'm concerned. So it isn't an office. It isn't a bedroom. It's a bit of a hybrid, which ties in nicely with one of the things we want to talk about later, isn't it? So I thought I'd sneak the word uh, hybrid in nice and early in the conversation.
0: Yeah. Well, I just, I just feel if, if you haven't already voted on that today... Please, please do vote. And I just find the whole topic quite interesting, where people are actually working. Because it seems to me that we're still going through some of the same issues and aches and pains that we were yeah. when it all first started and we first got together and started yeah. doing uh, this kind of rigmarole right at the beginning of this, uh, you know, the first lockdown period. Um, so people are still working in kitchens they're still working yeah. in other areas um, uh, probably because in a lot of places they just don't have the kind of uh, space in their house to to develop into other things some people have said that they've built sh- built offices in sheds
1: yeah i've seen a lot of those Which a lot of people think? talk about sheds or i've seen there's some very posh ones and then people have gone diy and just ordered a shed
0: exactly Exactly. So maybe we'll see an, another increase in shed sales. Mm. <laughs> During shed loads. Shed loads shed, of sheds. Shed loads of sales. Yeah. Uh, we've got some people <laughs> to say hello to. Uh, Mark Rigby. Hello, sir. Hello, thank Mark. You for, for, thank you for joining us. Dan said, uh, nice headset you've got there, Stephen. Uh, Jabra. Yeah. Yeah, he's made. He's, he's I, could with, to,
1: I could do with a second one for my son who's homeschooling. So Dan, if you have access to them, I will gladly take another. Uh, I'll take one of those off you free of charge if there is an uh, an opportunity. Well,
0: but but if we can get some sponsorship, that would be even better. Absolutely, yeah. You know, um, why why not sponsor um, some episodes of this? And I could um, maybe sit like that. I guess just a little bit tilted, yeah, so we could get the
1: could you do you do jabber that? Or that one. Get the yeah. jabber name. Um, it was either this or my son's gaming headset from downstairs, because like, you're saying about where people are working. So I'm on the top floor. My uh, oldest son is on the next floor down in his room doing online lessons. And my youngest son is in the kitchen at the dining room table doing his online lessons. So uh, me at the top, then year nine, then year five. So we we often have a scramble for headsets. So I've got the Jabra. There is a gaming headset for the PlayStation that's uh, that's that's available at the moment, but no one there uh, seems to need that. So that's my backup plan. But just remember, folks, don't share headsets. No, exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> especially okay between. Time. What about between bubbles? Is it okay within a bubble? Uh, no. no, no, no. I would I would never share a headset, full stop, with anyone. No. Um, I don't want to go into the ins and outs of it. Uh, but I used to sell headsets a long time ago when I owned a, a stationery company and mm. they were a non-returnable item. Yeah. Um, for obvious reasons, because you've got a little tube in there. It sits right close to the mouth. I'm not going to say more because I'll put people off their cornflakes. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's not a good idea. And especially at the moment with COVID. So, you know, it's, just think about that if if, uh, if you're thinking of sharing headsets. Uh, and hello to Genevieve, who's uh, who's new to uh, Wow Ergonomics for me, but uh, thank you. It is very, it's going to be a very interesting topic. We haven't really got into the full uh, monty of topics yet. Uh, that's to come any minute now. So the way that this show works is that we pick, prior to, to coming on air, four topics that we think might well be, hot potatoes if you like uh, within the world of ergonomics but also in the general world of health and well-being uh, at the moment And, and then we spend some time discussing them. So I'm going to bring up the first topic for today and that is around hybrid working. So how will hybrid working be supported going forward? This was actually one of your suggestion sir so yes. uh, <laughs> what why did why did you pick the subject and and kick us off for 10
1: yeah I, I guess it's you know we're all now with lockdown 3.0 sort of being uh, informed to work from home where we can and and home working as a phrase is as you know we've it, it's been going forever really but it really came probably more on our radar in this in these aisles probably sort of march last year with lockdown 1 but I think the, the the sort of the the interesting thing will be when we are able eventually to go back to the office, th- this whole lockdown has created a huge social experiment. So we've always been behind our continental colleagues in the UK with working, um, And there's been various studies and percentages. And, you know, I've seen figures where, you know, the Benelux countries are around 13 or 14 percent, and we were sitting at around six. But I think this huge experiment of people working from home has opened people's eyes both as employers and employees and i think when we are able to return to the previous place of work not just the office wherever people have been working before i think people have really enjoyed the flexibility they've been given by this huge social experiment so this the term hybrid to me is is going to be something that comes in probably I don't know I mean I hate to put a the politicians point would put won't put a timeline on it Graham will they so so how would uh, me and you but let's say the summer when people are able to return back to the office hybrid working is that combination of I need to be in the office for let's say two or three days a week or my normal place of work because we need to have the the idea sharing the brainstorming we need to build up that team spirit. Um, but the ability to have maybe one or two or three days working from home when there are tasks that can be covered and completed at home. So the hybrid worker is going to be someone who's going to move between what was their previous place of work and their home. But also maybe they're going to start going to maybe some sub offices or maybe, you know, these, um locations where you can share an office or or hire a space for the day. So hybrid is going to be what people will be in the future. I don't think anyone, maybe wrong on this, will ever go back to their previous work or office space full time. But I think equally, I mean, as much as I've always done it, I have found the last few months challenging because when you have a role where you are used to being out seeing people to then being, whilst it's nice to see people through the screen, it's not quite the same so hybrid working to me is where, how we'll all be doing it to some degree on the scale between zero and a hundred percent
0: yeah uh it's, it's quite interesting that we have mark rigby listening into this from online ergonomics because it'd be quite interesting at some point maybe to bring him in and, and get his viewpoint because he may be seeing mm. this at the coalface as it were yes um but I think one of the issues is going to be in terms of provision of kit, uh, especially if we're thinking about this from an ergonomic point of view, because mm. typically the adjustment piece, the, the, uh, the piece around where, where do we make adjustments for a particular worker? What sort of equipment do we need to provide our, our workers with, with has always been around first and foremost the office space. And then, you know, if people have done the odd bit of homeworking, then, you know, they can survive for the few days that they work at home Mm. with whatever they've got. Yeah, And and maybe bits of that equipment they can take home. But generally, uh, the majority of it will stay in the office. But that's all now going to change because I think the, the majority of the the grind work will be done at home. And then when people come into the office, uh, they still need to be comfortable. Yes. But, you know, will it, will it just, will it, do you think just turn on its head and it just be the other way round that we are now going to start to do more workplace assessments, DSE assessments, etc. in the home office? and we're going to start to become a little bit more uh fastidious about what the criteria should be of any of our employees working from home in other words yes you do need to actually have a proper space to work in you can't just work off the end of your bed sir you know if you're going to work for me um and it swaps around and basically all of the equipment goes home and and you know for the odd day that they're in the office it's okay Or, you know, are companies actually going to re-evaluate the whole thing?
1: I I mean, I've seen one or two inquiries that we've been drawn into recently, Graham, that are really quite interesting, that, that companies are planning for this return to the office, whatever it would be, summer onwards, quarter three. But also talking about the fact that they will be operating clear desk policies in future. So when an employee goes into the office for their allocated days or preferred days the desk will be clear there'll be nothing provided it literally will be a desk and a chair and there will be nothing that previously was there to support them from a a posture or ergonomic, ergonomic perspective so when we're talking about hybrid work and I think we're also getting involved in sort of hybrid equipment so you have a setup that you use at home whatever that equipment would be but actually, when you go to the office, you won't be getting anything. So when you're looking at product, etc., you want something that can also go to the office as well. So that's what we're seeing. I'm uh, hearing is, is is large organizations saying, clear desk policy. There won't be anything there. Think about that when you're either selecting equipment or how you work is that is you may need to bring it with you to replicate. So it's really, really important, actually, that you get the home set up correct because you're going to potentially be transporting or replicating that in the office you're not going to have two
0: setups potentially you're going to have one so it's got to fit across both of them now there's some major issues with that some Mm. major major issues with that i I, I completely understand where that comes from because Mm. at the end of the day you know covid's going to be with us for for a long long time you know this this uh even if we get everybody vaccinated, et cetera, you know, we, we may still find that people need revaccinating. and depending on which vaccine they have. And I did a mm. poll on that the other day as well, because some of these vaccines work more in a way that you have to have a booster vaccine and other vaccines are meant to make you more immune long term. Yeah. Uh, and what you get is going to be the luck of the draw. <laughs> <laughs> um, i just read
1: this morning graham one vaccine they're saying the success rate's barely over 50 percent. it wasn't the uk it was being rolled out in i can't think where it was was china. it maybe was it china where china. the success rate was something like 52 percent or something like that? that's yeah, it, that's
0: starting to get low isn't it that number yeah it was china and it was a brazilian study which right. i thought was quite interesting
1: yeah
0: um but yeah and that's a whole new topic that we could talk about, which is China <laughs> and COVID. But we may not go there. Uh, but Next yeah, week, no, I, Graham. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> if we're not being arrested and put in jail. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in terms of this, in terms of this support, I've been for, for many years, I've been going out to workplaces and, and assessing and there are a large number of people especially in things like call centers etc whereby they've had multiple assessments they've had multiple adjustments and there's a lot of kit now I've said before on some of these programs that I think some of those people have too much kit yeah you know and actually there becomes a reliance on ergonomic kit and it becomes a crutch for people and they're almost looking for looking for like a a miracle effect from having the equipment that it's actually in some way going to cure them from whatever it is that they've got um, illness wise Uh, and you know as one bit doesn't quite work they then look for another adjustment and another bit of equipment so that that's going to cause an issue because some of those people are so deeply in in embedded now with these solutions and from a you know occupational health point of view and, and sort of managing that they would say and it's actually been part of uh it actually has been part of the workplace adjustment process within a lot of businesses where they say this person can stay off work until if they're moved all of their yeah. adjustments have been put back in place for them now if we're going to say let's clear all the desks let's have very little and it's down to an individual to bring in yeah. their equipment and set their desk up bearing in mind a lot of these individuals have got back problems or musculoskeletal issues etc mm. which means that you know carrying anything in the first place is a, is an issue that's just not going to happen
1: mm.
0: so i that that is going to be a really interesting minefield when it gets to it and fought with litigation cases i have to say as well because if not dealt with correctly uh i can see that being a problem
1: i mean i think the, i always remember working in an office a number of years ago and people to reserve their their chair that they got set up how they wanted it would get a bottle of tipex out and tipex their name across the back of the chair and, yep. and, that's, and I say that's not, you know, chairs are not our area of or, or mine or our area of expertise. But I know the setup of a chair is, I mean, that's a huge part of, of creating that healthy and productive workspace. How, how does that look in the future? If, in effect, most offices are becoming hot desking locations because there is an, a, an expectation that you won't be there. How is that going to be managed? Who, who is going to take responsibility for that,
0: that whole chair? Set up well, again. I think you know this is going to come back down to proper education and proper re-education of people because uh it's been a bugbear of mine for so long, anyway, which is the whole setup of a chair mm. piece has been incorrectly handled. Um, too many people uh have a chair and believe that the setup process finitely sets that chair up for them to be ultimately comfortable in a particular setup as opposed to being taught how that chair works from an adjustment perspective yeah what each of the levers knobs settings etc do, how they can do it themselves and how they can use that adjustment to make themselves comfortable by alteration throughout the day as opposed to it being a fixed setup and I think there's going to have to be a big piece from the whole ergonomic community getting back into uh, some businesses where that kind of prevalence of information uh, has been put out before to change that and say actually it's more about changing it and someone that would know all about this um, would be Neve. And that's why I think you know it'd be great to uh, to bring her in at this point.
2: <laughs> Thanks, Raymond. Thank you. Hi, Stephen. How are you?
0: Hey. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Good.
2: good. That's key, really though. interesting, huh?
0: Thank you. Yes. So, uh, Nick, nee, just just explain who you are.
2: So, I am an independent ergonomic based here in Ireland. So, like everybody else, pre-COVID, we were going on site assessing workstations, be it in the office, in the schools, in warehouses, wherever there's people, that's where we'd be. And then like everybody else, big culture shock when COVID came, we are now like everyone based from home, trying to do as much as we can virtually. So trying to predominantly help people who are working from home, reduce any discomfort that they may have, get more comfortable, get more supported, and try and just get as close to an office setup that they can within their home. Yep. So that's that's most of my year now.
0: In this conversation that we we're just having about eventually getting back to more hybrid working, mm-hmm. uh, and Stephen was saying that you know a, a lot of companies are looking at maybe a clean desk policy going yeah. back. D- do you believe in, what I'm saying is true? I did. Can you see the <laughs> the issues with that in terms yeah. of all I of did. these people?
2: Yeah. Absolutely. I could see the issues of that even pre-COVID. Like before COVID, there was one big company here who had brought a policy like that in. So there was no assigned seating. There was no assigned desk. Everybody had a locker. And at the end of the day, all your equipment had to go in the locker, all your files, all your paperwork. And then the morning you came in, you got it again. And then you had to find a free desk. And already that was creating problems. Aside from the hygiene COVID issue, there was issues with where lockers are located. You know, the weight of the stuff people had to carry to and from their desk every day, access in the lockers, um, and then teams. So, you could have, for example, a HR team split across three floors because they couldn't get a desk near each other. You know, so there's a lot of issues with it. I, I wouldn't be a huge fan, to be honest. Depends on the workstation and the work area and the company, but generally speaking, I don't. I wouldn't be a big fan.
0: Yeah. Now, for, for a company like yours, Stephen, that yep. are producing products that, are, you know, going to help in terms of various uh, equipment and and supporting various equipment. Is that going to then influence design? I mean, you know, one of the things that we hear there is the the weight of stuff, for example. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if, if people are going to have to move equipment a little bit more, are we going to see lighter, lighter solutions coming out? Are we going to see, are we going to see more hybrid based yeah. solutions coming out. Yeah, I mean, we uh, our products tend to be
1: focused, we're probably quite fortunate, that's where our products generally are focused. So our, our products tend to be quite lightweight, highly functional, very thin, easy to put inside a laptop bag. So, you know, we, we're in a great position that when people start looking at that solution, We've got that in place already. However, we will be looking at more and more when we come to product development is focusing around that functionality piece in terms of has that product got the ability to easily go across home working office working flexible working you know it, it that's going to be really really important in products going forward that they can tick a number of boxes that for example it isn't just a laptop stand that can get the correct height and I'm picking one product there but actually it can not only do that but it can do that 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 and that so i think products are going to have to become a lot more flexible to build around the fact that someone potentially could be at home one day a week the next day they could be Um, in the office. The next day, they could be in another office because the company has a satellite office. The next day, they could be working on site at a customer's location. And therefore, they could very easily, in the space of a week, be working in five different locations with five different types of desks, five different types of chair. And therefore, the product needs to be able to to be flexible enough to fit into each of, of those different areas. So I think that will really become a a focus point in design Graham I think we're we're in a great position in terms of we're already thinking about that but that's mm. not to say we won't be thinking about it more
0: in the way we design our products going forward I think it's going to be a really interesting area mm. of design and I and I think things like wearable tech may come in more I think you know voice more voice control tech um, alongside some of the you know um more physical tech as well um and and trying to get those things working together more harmoniously so that you know where you can you can control what's on the screen with your voice or you can control it with your eyes so you don't necessarily need input devices all of the time or but you know uh making it all work together creating packages that 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 work together um and, and in some previous shows that I had on, uh, with, uh, wow ergonomic shows I had on as well, I talked to some people about the fact that maybe some of, some of the equipment might even get integrated together in the desk or in the chair or, you know, so that there's less of it as well. Because yeah. <laughs> there seems to be a proliferation of, of equipment. Um, and some of these people certainly that really struggle seem to have so much kit on their desks, yeah.
1: and you can have you can have too much. I think you can, and as you say, it yeah. then becomes a massive reliance on the fact that if a piece of equipment A isn't there, then I can't function. Um, and yeah. I think, as you say, you can almost become over reliant. Uh, one thing I was going to actually ask Neve was was about chairs, really, which again is not yeah. my sort of air, or, or our area. But how could the chair manufacturing community make it easier? for people to feel comfortable to adjust a chair because i know when i've had a chair um i'm really reluctant because all the levers look the same they're all the same color Uh, you know is there something the chair manufacturers could do to say actually going forward the yellow lever does this the blue lever does that i mean is there something that could be done by that community to make people a lot more comfortable to adjust
2: Absolutely, and to be honest, it really is that simple. Some of the best chairs, and uh, the ones that people are most comfortable with, it's a very like all they have to do is label. Like a lot of them will have a graphic on the lever that says, "Here's this lever. If you pull this lever, this is what's going to happen the chair." So anybody could sit in that chair, look to their left, look to their right, and go, "Oh, this backrest doesn't feel right. I prefer to be a bit more upright." Mm. Whereas that one, oh, here it is, and straight away. Whereas sometimes you go going to assess a person, and there could be a chair brand you might not be familiar with or very old chair and it's it's literally a matter of sitting down and spending 15 minutes playing with it to find but nobody when they're working from home or if they are um agile working you know if they're hot desking they're not going to spend 15 minutes a day trying to figure out how to adjust the chair you want to be able to sit down look to the side where's my levers and what do they do so it i think it is just as simple as either a color coding or b putting the graphic on the lever that says this is what this does, just a little picture. And that's all it takes to make a chair more user friendly. And I I do think, touching on what you were talking there a second ago, one of the upsides, if there is any, of COVID is I think it's really pushed ergonomics development Mm. because it's had to. You know what I mean? I think it's really given a big push on design and development of ergonomic products and even just recognizing what products are out there and how to use them. And as you're we saying, with people with too many products, you don't need them all. You know, you're, you're managing at home without this big desk full of cluttered pieces of equipment. You're managing fine if you can just get the simple layout right, the posture right, and more importantly, as I'm a big advocate of, the micro breaks. Stop sitting all day long, yeah. and you will be. You will manage. I, I am. I'm just. I don't know what the phrase is. Um, I know the Irish phrase is, but I don't know the general phrase is. I constantly repeat myself over and over. Do you sit for more than one hour? Yes. Why? Yeah. Because you know, and it's it's. I'm I'm a really. I, I every day I say about fifteen times a day. I'm repeating the same phrase of you have to get up. Your body's made to move. It works best when it moves. If you don't move, you're going to get pain. You can have the best gadgets in the world. If you don't move, you're going to get pain, and that's it really is that simple
0: what's been the one most frustrating thing that you've seen in terms of behavior human behavior (laughs) over this whole lockdown period
2: i've I've had i've had a couple of the same thing crop up where we would have done an assessment back in the early days companies are really proactive some companies and you know they got us virtual online with their employees in april you know going look these guys are home can we have a look and we go in and we recommend equipment. So the, at the start, it was laptops. So your stand, your keyboard, your mouse. Do you have space for a monitor? Let's get that out there. Let's get that bit right first. And then I'll come come to September, come to August. I'll see a name on a list. I'm like, oh, I recognize that name. I'm pretty sure I spoke to this person. They have the equipment. It's sitting in a box in the spare room, never touched because they don't like how it looks in their home. So they will literally sacrifice their well being over the aesthetics of having a little office set up in their home so you know they've reached out we've got every we've advised them we've you know got their posture right got it all set up but they won't use it because it doesn't look right in their home so what they want instead is you know one of these sheds as you were saying or you know something they basically want a separate home office outside of their home and that's just not possible it's just not possible for everybody so they would rather be uncomfortable and sore than use the equipment that some people are crying out for, but they have it sitting in a spare room. You
0: know, yeah. I totally get it. Yeah. Whilst we've got you here, let's move on to the other subject, and then I'll let you. <laughs> then I'll let you disappear and get some lunch, <laughs> because this is quite an interesting one. Stephen and I wanted to discuss terminology, because there's been quite a lot of terminology used. Over the whole lockdown period, and ergonomists are famous for using terminology as well. But a lot of it is, I think, confusing or unhelpful. Um, mm. and we could start with maybe the word ergonomics as well. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. I was literally thinking, is this where this is going? Because this is one of the most unhelpful terms, really. Because first off, nobody really knows what it means. If you're not, if you're not in health and safety, if you're not an ergonomist. You, we're gonna. You may as well just say healthy. Here's a healthy chair. Here's a healthy mess. This is gonna fix everything. So it's such a broad, broad term, hmm. you know. And I, I meet with people who say, oh, "I got this ergonomic chair at the start of lockdown." <laughs> it, it's <laughs> yeah. it's not at all. You know what I mean? It's not adjustable. It's it's not suitable. It's not. You know. So it is. It's a shame that you there's no um limit on how that phrase can be used when you're well it's product. right yeah
0: it's my major bugbear the, mm-hmm. the the use of the word ergonomic to describe yeah. something as ergonomic because it yeah. just <laughs> you can just apply it to anything you could yeah. say oh okay this pack of antiseptic wipes ergonomic you know yeah this, this bunch of keys ergonomic yeah easy you know my dog yeah. ergonomic you know, that's how easy it is. Let's just put it. it, is. In it there's, no, there's no limit on
2: what it can be applied to. Anything can be called ergonomic if you want to, but it makes products sound better, and it, it does help to sell them. You know.
0: Yeah. No. Absolutely. What? What about you, Stephen? Is that a bugbear for you? Oh, I think he's frozen.
2: I thought he was just, li- I he was just listening intently.
0: <laughs> Let's see if I if I take him out and bring him back in. There he is. He's back in back in the room We froze for a minute either that or we were so fascinating <laughs> yeah i think it, it may that?
1: have been there may have been two two separate homeschooling lessons going on so three of us fighting for the oh, uh yeah blame yeah the
0: absolutely
1: yeah, yeah definitely is
0: that a bugbear bear for you the term ergonomic
1: <sighs> it's when i see something i think as you were, you were covering before an ergonomic mouse or an ergonomic yeah. keyboard. I mean, it's just, it's such an incorrect description. I think the problem is we've got to be really careful is that what we've seen with with going back to, to COVID and the whole big social experiment around home working, it's it sort of created a lot more interest. You've got a, such a wide audience now of people who are really looking at how they work, how they work from home, health and safety, health and well-being, productivity. You've got a whole new audience But we're also introducing a word to them then that's also being used incorrectly. So all you're doing is increasing the incorrect use of a word. So I think it's really important that we try and make sure as an ergonomic community. um, And I can say that because that's that's describing us as a community. But to make sure the word is used correctly. Otherwise, it's just going to get used incorrectly by more people than it was before. And then it just becomes... It just makes it worse and worse and worse. So I think it's really important that we try and clarify what that is. How we do that is another thing. I mean, hopefully by having these sort of events, Graeme, I and people listening, and we can sort of give a, a true understanding of what, of what that word means. But I think for me, it is frustrating because it causes confusion, especially at this moment with a whole new um, group of users and buyers of our product. We start
0: using that word incorrectly. It's going gonna, it's gonna to create more confusion in the long term. I, it's a difficult one, especially for anyone selling anything because the temptation is always there just to to sell without less of a process involved. Mm. But I guess if I could say anything into that space that would help, I'd say we need to stop selling (laughs) per se. And we actually need to start giving information first and getting, giving advice first and making it a two-way process. So to, to my mind, How can you provide or know that anything is ergonomic for somebody unless you've actually had a conversation with them about how it is that they work, what's maybe wrong with them, what conditions they've already got, you know, uh, how many breaks or non-breaks that they take during the day? Are they, you know, even down to are they left or right-handed? Are they tall? Are they short? Are they skinny, etc.? You know, if you haven't had any dialogue with somebody if there's not a conversation there mm. then you cannot just pick up an object and say this is the ergonomic solution
2: mm.
0: because you know the so the products themselves i think this is what it comes down to products themselves are not ergonomic no <laughs> products as neve says are you know potentially potentially more health beneficial or uh, help with uh, in terms of productivity or help in terms of reduced friction in a particular area. But they don't, and perhaps we just need to use better descriptive words in there as well, you know, actually describe what this really does, you know, as opposed to...
2: Is it an adjustable chair? Is it adaptable? Like, what does the product do that makes it special, that might make it suitable for you? Just calling it ergonomic, as you said, doesn't mean it's... We probably don't even use the same mouse. You know what I mean? We're three different people. The one mm-hmm. mouse probably wouldn't suit us all. So what what makes this product good that it might work for you? I think a lot of companies jumped the gun a little in that they provided a, st- a stipend or they you know, were given allowances to people to buy equipment without actually yeah. calling in people to say, first off, what should we provide? And secondly, should you be talking to our staff before they buy anything? Yes, we, sh- we should have been talking to them before they bought anything because it is coming back around a bit where it's stuff that was bought in the panic it's not suitable for some of the people that are using
1: it. No. And I think also organizations didn't want to have the responsibility of sourcing that equipment and therefore the asset management. So what they did, as you say, is they gave people, I mean, I heard, you know, speak to a colleague of mine who works in the U S where people were being given a thousand dollars in their, Mm -hmm. in their paycheck, And told to go and buy equipment but your problem then is you're putting money in the hands of people with all due respect to them have never had to go and buy this equipment and therefore they'd go to maybe the first item they saw on a website they'd go to something that looked nice and colorful um you know they'd go for something that maybe had a celebrity using it and the reality is you've gone and invested you've given them that money it's been invested but actually have you bought something that maybe has made the problems worse Mm. Rather I've than actually it. improving it, has yeah. it gone? Has it rather than improving it, actually made the situation worse? So, as you say, Graham, I think you know I know I'm particularly conscious of it, and, and a lot of and a lot of the people we speak to on our um, online ergonomic events, the other manufacturers, we're all very keen to engage in conversations rather than looking to shift boxes off a shelf. Which I, I, and again, something else that's come up as well that you've noticed particularly. I mean, we all you saw it when when it all was going on around face masks and gowns how many organizations i saw on on linkedin feeds who had never ever got involved in that product area but were suddenly buying containers of the products and were selling it and you looked at the name of the company and thought you've got you're you're not involved in that you're looking to to benefit or profiteer from a situation you then started to see it probably to a lesser extent but other people then starting to sell products using the word ergonomic who actually weren't wanting to involve Engage in a conversation, but wanted to shift boxes off a shelf, and that's where it's a dangerous game. It isn't a, it isn't a tin of beans. It isn't a loaf of bread. It isn't a um, ream of paper. It is a product that really needs to have a conversation around it.
0: Thank you very much, hayley <laughs> Haley Hudson just said, "Definitely need to get advice on equipment." That's why I asked Graham Kelly. There you go, from the horse's mouth. But that's that's entirely what it should be about. I think that I think the the community needs to actually push people back again and again and again to people that do actually have an understanding of these things um, like myself and Neve etc so that and actually say look you, the first thing you need to do and, and it's really difficult as i say when the temptation is to just sell in the first instance because someone wants to buy mm. But we, we, we've got to get that education piece in there somehow to say, get advice first. You know, do do take a consultation. Do, cause, mm-hmm. Because ultimately you will save money because you yeah. will make the right choices for, for each of your people based upon, you know, experience and head knowledge as opposed to, oh, well, that looked pretty in a catalogue. And it's got the word ergonomic on it. And, and part of the problem as well was caused by our community in the first instance, because we immediately tried to help everybody mm. um, when monies were tight and and we first went into lockdown by showing people. And in fact, I, I even saw one on Instagram as of last week. You know, this is how you use an ironing board with pile up the books, put the yeah. laptop on the top. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and that this is an ergonomic solution. It, it's a very temporary, if at the best, solution. Yeah. yeah, I did
2: it for two weeks, two weeks waiting for my desk to come. I I was the person who used the iron board. I never worked from home before. <laughs> um, we have an open plan living space downstairs, so the kids were doing their schooling. So I couldn't have conversations downstairs. I had to come up here to a private space there was no desk here, so I did. It's probably the first time my iron board got taken out of the press. In fairness, in about five years, was when I actually <laughs> took it to use it as a desk. Um, but it, like, it did the job for two weeks. It got us through a sticky patch. But ultimately, it's not a solution. It's not a solution. No,
0: no, and and so therefore, you know, one of the other things is y- you have to invest. <laughs> you know, it, it's this is this is not something that. And stop. And and the other thing I'm going to say to people is stop looking to to invest small amounts of money in this. Mm. You know, there are other bits of your business where you you would go, you wouldn't go. You know, I'm going to buy a CRM. I, do you know what? I'll get one off the black market that someone's just put together quickly. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to. I'm not going to use Microsoft Office today. I'm just going to use this because it's cheap and nasty. But it, mm. you know. There's certain things you just go, oh yeah, I'd, I'd spend fifty quid on a bit of software. I'm going to spend this on that, you know. And then, then when it comes to your workstation setup, it's well. Do you think a uh, hundred pound chair is okay? And do you think it's all right if I use this mouse, which was ten quid? What do you think? You know,
2: yeah. And I think they're selling themselves short. They need to realise they're investing in themselves. They're investing in their own well-being. So. Don't be selling
1: yourself so short, you know. Yeah, I, I do wonder as well how many. And I think that there's a lot more. We're seeing a lot more desire, and and certainly since probably September, a lot more organisations really engaging. And there was a there was a panic at the start, and you know we did we did think it would be over in a few months. And mm. and yes, I appreciate there wouldn't be budget there. I do wonder how many companies are waiting for the ability to get out of leases on buildings to free up some cash before investing. I do think, in the back of my mind, are our, our organisations who really should be investing not because they're waiting for that lease on that office block of those floors to go and therefore to free the cash up. But, but that's creating a whole raft of issues that people are going to be suffering from the dining room chair, etc. They're going to be suffering from that. On the basis you might be waiting a couple of months to have a bit more more free cash. I do, I do think a percentage of organizations are
0: waiting for the ability to get out of building leases before investing. Okay, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I, I think it's difficult. I think you know people are struggling financially, and that's mm. that's difficult. I will say this again, though, as well. Not only do we have to do something as a community, I think businesses, corporate businesses that are looking at this need to start thinking about. The next generation of people that they they want to bring in as talent into their businesses, because whilst everything is online like we are now, (laughs) everything is being seen by your next generation of people that you want to employ. The talent you want to employ. And if your staff are being seen online, whether it's in a, a broadcast like this or whether it's just in a Zoom meeting or anything by the next talent seen you know not with a decent chair not with you know working off a, of in a bad space with bad equipment etc that's going in here hmm. right that is not selling your brand as a business so maybe think about that maybe think at this time whilst uh you're not going out and doing the shows whilst you're not going out and spending so much money elsewhere on marketing if if you haven't got it in your health and safety budget, take it out your marketing budget, because people are <laughs> yeah. seeing people are seeing the effects of your staff not actually being provided to properly. And if they're moaning about the fact that you know uh, at home they're home working and it's you know oh I'm uncomfortable whatever, people are seeing all of that, yeah. All of that on social media is being seen by the next generation. And they, they are sitting there going, do you know what? I'd rather work for that company over there where the culture is good, the the uh, the ethos is good. You know, I, it, it might be less money than that one over there. But look how they look after their people. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Graham, I'm just checking the comments column to see if any of the marketeers out there are coming, giving you a whole load of abuse of you as you've suggested <laughs> that their budgets are slashed and it's moved elsewhere. So
0: you, you seem to be uh, getting away with it at the moment. So. I, I'm get, I'm going to get away with it because I'm absolutely right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Me, thank you very much for joining us. What what's You're your so day, so day, day like?
2: I am um, virtual assessments all afternoon. That's
0: back what, to back. That's what we like. Yep. So there good. you are. If if people need assessments, look. There's people out there that can do it for you. Just connect. Exactly, on, and we're not we're not restricted is. by
2: geography anymore. You know, mm. the world is open.
0: I didn't actually say your surname. So for anyone that's listening on Spotify, it's Pentany? Is that, that how is? you pronounce yeah. it? Yeah, And I got Neve right. Yes.
2: Yes. Yeah. Perfect.
0: See, it's spelled N-I-A-M-H. But yeah, Neil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I, I, I've done my research. I, I know my name. So there we go. Thank you very, very good. much. Very good. Listen,
2: guys, thanks for having me.
0: Lovely. Thank you. See you, me. Take care. Right. Next subject, then there was two. Well, yeah. You see, I, I thought I'd get us a special guest on.
1: That's, well, I, I thought you were going to bring Mr. Rigby in at one stage, but he would have to consult his paper diary, wouldn't he? I guess? So. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> oh, and remember,
0: he has a nap this time of day. Yes. Yeah, yeah of course. So, yeah, that would have been difficult. Dry okay. January, dried up. Mm-hmm is the next subject um yeah i think this is an interesting subject i think yeah
1: i mean we were talking yesterday Graham, about things to 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 sort of cover and we were kicking around a few ideas and and I, i just sort of seen a lot of people have sort of put on on whether it's on facebook or other things how they're just not bothering and i think people are going to sort of start again in in april or may really and write the write the first three months off um as you say, I know following you on, on on LinkedIn and your your piece with Mousetrapper and the getting active, as you say, it's good to get those habits in now, um, certainly around activity, because let's be honest, there's nothing else we can do. So, you know, lunchtime walks or walks at four o'clock are, are really important. But I was just quite surprised how many people were almost uh, writing off those early New Year's um, uh, promises, commitments
0: and just parking them till later in the year. Well, I do worry about the mental health piece here. I think mm-hmm. that in particular, as much as the physical piece, I think that that physical exercise of getting out on a daily basis. And, you know, yeah. we heard Neve talk about, you know, make sure you take those micro breaks. But that that physical activity of breaking away from the desk, mm-hmm. getting outside, spending a part of the day outside. And if you've got students at home, If you've got uh, people at home, I took my um, I took my 11 year old out for for the walk with me the other day. I said, look, Mm. you've done enough uh, homework now for for the day. Come out for a walk with me. You know, what a great opportunity. I mean, we're not going to get this time back in this way again, in a way. Look at it that way round. Okay, Yes, it's difficult. Everyone on top of each other. Yes, it's. Uh, it makes work difficult etc but then you know why not think okay I've got this time with my family or I've got this time where we're together let's actually you know I'm going to take a break from from a part of the day I'm going to go out with you know one of my sons or daughters or whatever and, and go for a walk
1: and let's be honest Graham. the thing with this lockdown as opposed to the first one is it gets to 4 30 and it gets dark so i guess around the country everyone is pretty much doing the same of just getting themselves stuck in front of tv or you know whatever it would be whether it's kids on xboxes and things like that there is nothing else to do at the end of the day so i think it's really important that people take advantage of the of the lunch hour now i know we haven't today um but i usually go out either on a bike or a walk or a run um usually between 12 and 1 every day um but i think it's really important people do that let's be honest the weather isn't too bad. Yes, it's in January. We've had flutters of snow, but, you know, a little bit of rain today here in the sunny Midlands. But but there isn't really too much of an excuse not to get out. And as you say, I think the fact that everyone is pretty much on top of each other from the minute they get up to the minute they go to bed, which in some houses could probably cover 14 or 15 hours, it's really important to get that break. And I think especially at lunchtime, it's just, just get out there and do something and, you know, get a 15, 20 minutes, half an hour Walk round the block if you can support a local business whilst you're out. I've been, say, going on a on a walk and there's a local coffee shop that's doing a takeaway service. So again, buying a coffee and and obviously in a COVID secure environment and then enjoying that. So not only are you doing something positive for yourself, but you're also supporting those local businesses that that
0: absolutely need your help at at, at this moment in time, don't they? No, absolutely right. I mean, I did. Uh, I've been doing a little bit of work with a a local pet company um who thankfully has support, supported my one of my music podcasts for, for for this month but you know okay rather than get in the car and drive up to see them uh, i did my walk the other day by walking up up to see them and i'm we're on the outskirts of town and it you yeah. know it was a it was a a, a reasonable walk it was about 2.5k or something like that up to town and back again you know but when you do it as well you suddenly realize what why do i always pop into the car to do it yeah (laughs) you know for start i mean fuel's so expensive anyway at the moment um you know you save yourself fuel you're burning off your fuel you know which is great it's a bit of exercise um and you know and you see stuff whilst you're out and about as well which is great and The other thing that's always fascinated me about that sort of thing is that I I just think that sometimes people don't allow themselves enough creative space in a day. I mean, for me in particular, especially doing what I do now, I find these getting into this habit of making this space in the day just to, to think is really important because when you're creating for people all the time um you're, you're just going to dry up if you don't actually have some time just to yourself where mm. you allow yourself to just see things and then from from you know you can go for a walk and you'll see something out in nature or you'll see something you'll see someone tripping over or something and you think Do you know what i i'm gonna use that as an idea for something yeah. and, and it's important I, re- I remember listening to some comedians once talking about You know, uh, I think it was Harry Enfield or someone said that, you know, one of the ways that he developed his characters was just to go to the local supermarket and walk around the supermarket and look at, you know, different characters in the supermarket doing different things. Yes. And he just took those as ideas and then embellished them, you know, but he had to have that time. And I'm sure there's a load of people that are in quite creative uh especially in very quite creative areas of work you know whether it's graphic design which is really quite labor intensive on the computer Mm. or even programming you need time to just get away from that computer because actually you'll probably find when you come back your coding or your graphic work or whatever will actually be better yeah because you've spent the time out and you've allowed yourself time to regroup
1: Maybe we need to introduce, suggest something, Graham, where we all between 12 and 1. That's something that, you know, things automatically get switched off for an hour. I know that seems very sort of authoritarian, but do you know what I mean? Almost the, the Spanish have, are well known for their afternoon siestas and their breaks and things like that. You almost want to have a situation where everyone just has half an hour, 45 minutes and go, right, you need to go and do something. You can't access this. You can't access that get out and do something a little bit different uh, well, it's, it's a blue sky thinking but you know it's um uh, something like that to make sure people are doing it, it would be well, really yeah
0: it's interesting i mean actually uh there's something coming that i'm working on with somebody and you'll yeah. hear more about this in, in in a few days time but um uh yes it will actually be based around the computer because mm. uh trying to you know get some well but people will be able to take it out on their phones or whatever as well right but but we are developing something to maybe make a space and maybe make people feel more of a wider community maybe around the lunchtime etc yeah. um and also give them ideas for what they can do in that space as well because i think it's good to get into uh, different practices, and maybe just find the thing that sits with you. I, as I say, actually, you know, having that challenge of being told, "Yeah, I've got to go out every yeah. day for a walk," you know, it's good, you know, yeah. um, because I've I like going out and doing a walk, but I wouldn't do it every day. But now I'm doing it every day, and now I'm beginning to think, mm-hmm. do you know what? I can I can keep this up, you know. I can actually do this every day, and it becomes more of a ritual in your in your work life and you you start when you do it on a regular basis you start then planning it in Mm. and you stop making the excuse i'm not going to do this so dry january as well you know i think if people um if people had the intention to give up alcohol for january maybe just revisit that you know start Mm. again and go actually you know, why? Why do we need to turn to alcohol for a, a release from the fact that you know there's the burden of the kids at home and the. Um... I think you, I think
1: you hit the nail on the head, Graham. I think homeschooling is uh, is, is is sort of pushed people away from that. They need something to focus on, and that that four o'clock glass of wine or G and T is maybe what gets them through the day of a child who really doesn't want to get involved in schoolwork. So. Um,
0: yeah, but but maybe, but but maybe you know you can you could actually make that into a more positive experience and go the other way around as well and say uh, okay maybe once a day rather than the glass of wine we're going to learn to do something together as a family yeah you know that we haven't done before I'd love to
1: know I always like these sort of surveys and statistics I wonder what what sort of percentage alcohol sales drops off during january because people you know or chocolate as well where people try and introduce these new habits and obviously it works its way back in as the year goes i I wonder if that drop off in january is going to be nowhere near what it's been in previous years because as as it says in the title dry dry january dried up i wonder if if the drop is nowhere near
0: what it normally is well i know a little bit in as much as uh, I'd looked at some of the social media posts that um, BrewDog put out. Sorry, we just lost even momentarily. Hopefully, he'll he'll be back. Oh, when I'm he's back. Sorry, That's Sorry. All right. someone's
1: um, playing Fortnite. i um, was <laughs> no, just saying it'd be interesting to know what, what how things haven't dropped off in sales in January that normally yeah, would no, no. chocolate what, and
0: alcohol what, and those things. What I'm saying is I, I, I've seen already that, that some posts from BrewDog on social media saying that, you know, uh typically in January, uh their alcohol free beer gets pushed. And, you know, that's that's what's going but it's not. So um hence why they've been <laughs> sort of like pushing yeah. promotions on, yeah. on their alcohol free beer and 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 I, you know, a certain supermarket just up the road from me was selling their alcohol the, the brewdog alcohol free beer for about 60p a, a, a bottle the other day um to wow. get it off the shelf yeah which is great because i i picked up quite a lot of it because um i quite like it but yeah. They, uh yeah people people have gone back to to buying the alcoholic versions of things so yeah the the, the healthy snacks and the and the the, the, the you know the low alcohol lagers and things like that i don't think are going to do quite so well this year but i no. but you know um, I'm, I'm not preaching to anybody particularly here. I'm just saying that, you know, if you had good intentions, maybe we shouldn't just all necessarily go on the bandwagon of saying, right, let's give up all of those good intentions straight mm-hmm. away. Um, and maybe what we ought to start doing is saying, right, okay. It was a shock. We got put back into lockdown, you know, okay. For a few days we thought, well, oh, you know, Christmas fun is over now, it's gone to this. You know, we people had a drink or whatever, but maybe now we could start to step it back up again because we are going yeah. to be in this for for some time, you know, in one shape or form. And I think we we need to start building long, better long term strategies really going forward. Um, we're running out of time, but we're we'll covering yes. the last one, we'll lo- cover the last one quickly. Yeah. Uh, is it morally right? Elite sport in lockdown. Has absolutely nothing to do with ergonomics, possibly. No, nope. um, <laughs> but we thought I we'd allow one in. Yeah, I think I was. We were talking about
1: ideas, and this was one that was quite interesting, Graham. Where you know people obviously have been in doing their most to, to carry on sport, etc. But then suddenly comments started come out from one of the football managers of the Premier League's questioning: Is it moral to keep playing football? And then there's been images of footballers going off to Dubai on training trips, sitting there drinking alcohol and all that sort of thing and sending the wrong message back. So it was just something that I thought was interesting is that it has its benefits that it keeps people entertained and they can focus on their sport and there's something to, to sort of fill those long evenings. But is it is it right that they're carrying on doing it? You know, is it is it the right thing to do, really? I'm not... Uh, I see both sides of the argument.
0: Well, I think you need to take... I think you need to take some of those examples probably and uh and some of the ways that that's been you know portrayed in the press and think mm-hmm. about and it's it's the same with politicians to be honest isn't it and and doing stuff i mean the prime minister almost came in for for a hard time for going on his latest bike ride the other day because it was seven miles from his home or something um I I just think maybe it's partly to do with how you sort of do those activities Yeah. in in this this time. I mean, you know, sport continuing to happen per se, probably don't have an issue with, you know, should we see so much travel in sport? Maybe not. And certainly Mm. if that travel is happening or has to happen, you know, perhaps uh, it's morally, it's only morally right for, any sportsman being involved in that to make sure that the way that they travel is as safe as possible and it's being shown to be as safe as possible and if they're meant to be you know isolating when they come back from a country or whatever that isolation happens and you see you know it'd be be great for example to see a a football team going across somewhere and then if they come back have to isolate you know so that you know, it sends a message that, you know, even a football team has to isolate. So I think whenever, it almost brings into me the sort of larger conversation about celebrity and, Mm. uh, you know, should anyone that's famous get away with a different sort of uh, set of rules and objectives and, and have a different moral high ground from anybody else? And I think the answer is no. And I think if... Uh, if those people that are role models are shown to be doing stuff safely and as by the book as possible, then it actually makes other people go, yeah, I should do that. You know, it makes you think then, should we have earlier
1: in all these regulations and rules and everything that will become around getting the vaccine, should we have got celebrities
0: involved earlier? Should we have done that more potentially? I don't know. Yeah, I think we should. (laughs) i think i think we should you know i think that that's part and parcel of what you know maybe the celebrity culture could have played a really important part there and perhaps you know perhaps they need to more and more i mean look at mark marcus rashford with his yeah uh you know attempts to help the, the the children with the school dinners whether you agree in his actions or not i think from a from a A standpoint of him as a as a you know as an icon out there and as someone that's you know respected by a lot of young people I think that was a a a good thing for him to be doing and the great thing
1: as well is he hasn't just stopped and done that because it's clearly something that's close to his heart from from his background and his upbringing was in in a in a, a less privileged environment but he's come back and challenged again and then again he's come back and challenged yesterday about there was there was images of what really was an appalling content of a food package for a family you know to be fair you know as you say I I mean I think I'd, I'd be amazed if anyone didn't agree with what he did but if you if you didn't you've got to admit the guy was in it for the long term he hasn't just done it to get his name up there for five minutes of fame he's come back again and he's challenged and he's challenged and he's carried on doing it so so full respect to the guy I think um I think he's in a it's done a fantastic job it's a, it, I think it's probably a wider subject for society than simply than simply a narrow issue but i think he's done a great job of shining a light on it and uh and making sure it stays you know front and center for for us as the members of the public but also for the for the government and the guys who who hold the purse strings and you know we're going off onto a different topic aren't we but really the fact that you know a basic requirement should be should be children getting a a good meal he's done a he's done a fabulous job so well no, we are we
0: i think i think it is the same subject in a way i think i think really that's that's my take on it I've, i i think you know elite sport in lockdown fine you know it, it played behind uh fences you know with with little crowd or or, or well-controlled crowd mm. they're socially distanced you know uh players of whatever sport being seen to wear masks where appropriate socially distance, where appropriate um you know sanitize, where appropriate you know that actually then gets that message out possibly more than than you know a minister period appear- <laughs> appearing on an advert occasionally and going, please remember to wash your hands and socially distance, you know, let's get, let's get the people that are idolized by the youth and by, you know, by society showing people that, you know, if we all do things carefully and and consider uh, the fact that we are in the middle of a pandemic, that, you know, if we do if we abide by things properly, then naturally that's the right thing to do. Um because But of course the wrap the rap across the knuckles they've had, Graham, of
1: course, is they they've all been now told off for high fiving when they score a goal and jumping on each other celebrating as well. And there was a I think it was an incident at one of the FA Cup games where there was videos of a changing room and people were all piling on top of each other. So you're absolutely right. But they've got to do it correctly because if they don't do it correctly, you make the problem worse. You know, yeah. um
0: yeah, and you know, know, that's, what, that's that's what I would say on it. Really, mm. I think you know, if if it's if it's done right, and these people take that responsibility mm. in that area, then then that's fine. Um, if not, then yeah, it does the opposite. And what yeah. we end up with is people thinking, well, hang on, if they can do that, then we can go down Soho at five pm, and uh, you know. go out for a drink or we can have a house party and it's all okay or you know um and that's that's you know uh as my son said to me earlier you know it's not the government spreading this uh illness it's people you know and it's true um the young people realize that and they are looking for role models yeah at this time they are looking for role models of and they're not going to see that in politicians per se, because no. I mean, when you and I were youngster, did you look at politicians and go, "Oh wow, <laughs> <A> role model"? <laughs> you know, yeah. no. so you know, sports personalities, celebrities, musicians, any anyone that's you know, uh, someone that someone would look at and go, you know, they're they're cool. I'd like to be like them. They have a massive responsibility on their shoulders at the moment to really uh, show the rest of society how to act within a pandemic. And I don't think that should stop them doing what they do, but they have to do no. it the right way. Absolutely. I agree. Look at what we've covered in an hour.
1: Wow. And we've still got some subjects for next week, Graham. I don't think we covered all of our subjects did we or we can certainly maybe revisit one of these
0: we 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 certainly we certainly covered all the ones that i i typed into the the computer of of whatever it is today (laughs) (laughs) but but thank you for coming on Um, i enjoyed it thank you for anybody that's uh that, that doesn't know this is also on spotify so and there is a now a A backlog of of these that you can go and dip your toe into at any time. It's a great thing with the Spotify thing that you can actually just do that and listen to these whilst you're working. So if you if you struggle to, uh, you know, get involved in sort of webinar content that people are putting out or, uh, or or watch things like this live. Don't worry, you can always catch these things on Spotify. If you go to the website, which is www.betterwayoflife, it's down the bottom of the screen now, or you're listening to my voice saying it. Uh, If you go to the website, that will give you the links to uh, Spotify where you can pick up on on these, and you can listen to them at your heart's content. If if you're fortunate enough to have one of those cars uh, where you can get Spotify on the dash, um, which modern cars do, then you can even listen to it on your car journey, which is rather nice, isn't it? Um, And that's a great way to learn a little bit more about ergonomics. So thank you, Stephen, for for joining me. And uh, we'll see you all again next Wednesday
2: at midday. Bye for now.